MajorLeagueFootball.com and the DLF family of podcasts. That's Tommy B. I'm the SFD. And this is the Super Flex Super Show. And here we go. Week 7 standard operating procedures. After an absolutely wild freaking week. I like I, I'm already ready to do another in, untilting, Tommy. <laughs> I have enough to complain about to do a whole other guided meditation after this week. That's where we have to start because I felt so much better and yet so much worse after <laughs> listening to your solo pod. So thank you for recentering me and just it allowed me to let out the fart that was Mac Jones. And I feel so much better now. Isn't it such a relief? It is. (laughs) (laughs) People are still just walking around all bloated, just like, yeah, like puckered ass cheeks. Just, it's like, dude, just, just let it out. Just let it go. (laughs) (laughs) Just crop dust the rest of your league with that and be done. I mean, speaking of bloated, we have so many names that we need to get through today because we've entered just like the apocalypse in terms of injuries, bye weeks, player news. Everything has happened this week. And we've got, no joke, probably 50 names we need to get through in an hour. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So we're, we're let's just get right to it. Some players to make sure they're rostered real quick. Aiden O'Connell. I mean, it. they're still saying that Brian Hoyer probably starts in place of Jimmy Garoppolo in Las Vegas. But, I mean, they said that last time when Garoppolo almost missed. And when the time came, it was Aiden O'Connell until it was Garoppolo again. So the belief here is that Aiden O'Connell not only is the backup, the immediate backup to Jimmy Garoppolo, but also gives them the better chance to win. And honestly, much better for fantasy purposes. So make sure that Aiden O'Connell's still on a roster. Kareem Hunt at running back, Chuba Hubbard at running back, both guys just kind of taking over the the lead role in their respective backfields. Curtis Samuel, who has been on an absolute tear, uh, three straight games over 15 points per game. Like this is, and and somehow we haven't really talked about him very much as a waiver priority. I don't know how he slipped through the cracks, but he just yeah. keeps performing in that offense, uh, kind of at the uh, the detriment to Jahan Dotson, unfortunately. <laughs> and then Pat Fryermuth at tight end, about to come back from injury um, this week. Is it safe to assume that he's coming back this week following the bye? I really think so. And he's the type of guy at 44% roster ship in redraft leagues where you just have to check. He's he's somebody worth holding on to for a week, even if he doesn't come back. Because when you have him, he's probably what, like a top six tight end. And those are great to get off the waiver wire. Yeah. Decent schedule coming up as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, man, by, a ton of bye weeks this week. Six teams. Yeah, We've got Carolina, Cincinnati, Dallas, Houston, the New York Jets, and the Tennessee Titans. So, a lot of players that you're looking to uh, to find a replacement for this week. On top of all those injuries, the good news is we've got a pretty pretty stacked waiver wire this week. We sure do. And if you've been hanging on to your fab, now's the time to spend it because I, I would imagine everyone's roster is going to look a little rough this week. 
And I would guess in your league, average scoring is going to be down by like 10 points or so. So don't feel bad about starting some of these guys. And let's just jump right into it. Uh, Tyler Badgent, <laughs> never heard of the guy before this week, looked at my leagues. He was actually rostered in two of my 19 leagues coming into the week. So hats off to you for figuring that one out. But <laughs> with Justin Fields having that hand in injury, can't grip a football. Somebody has to be the quarterback for the Bears. And it looks like Badgent may be the guy. My boy Craig Reynolds at running back. Um, that Lions backfield is just a mash unit. And so Craig Reynolds is the next thumper up. Damian Williams got surprising work in Arizona at the running back position. Jordan Mason also had some really good work in San Francisco, especially with CMC uh, coming out with injury. Devin Singletary's been kind of a thorn in the side of Damian Pierce in Houston. And Latavius Murray just will not age out of the league. All great running backs to pick up this week. We can talk about how much we're going to spend in just a minute. But let's talk about wide receivers, too. Um, we mentioned him, Curtis Samuel, 17 points per game the past three weeks. Look at the waiver wire for him for a spot start. Same with Michael Wilson in Arizona. He's really ascended to be the wide receiver, too, in that offense. Everything is there except for the yards per route run, which we're at 1.5. We really need to get closer to two. Darnell Mooney, if you're desperate, he's a spot start at wide receiver. And Taysom Hill, um, the non-tight end tight end, is always an option, especially with this many bye weeks. So I want to throw it to you, John. Who are you prioritizing out of this long list? Well, so Superflex, obviously, I think you always have to start a quarterback. Tyson Badgent you know, preseason darling, uh, undrafted free agent rookie, and just kind of just, just leapfrogged, uh, was it Peterman, Nathan Peterman, I think, to, <laughs> to, uh, which is like, that's not much of a feat in and of itself. But there was a lot of talk about if Justin Fields doesn't take a step, they might be willing to see what they've got with Tyson Badgett. That's how impressed they were with him. So, uh, I think that you probably get, you certainly get less mobility. He's still a mobile quarterback, but nobody is Justin Fields, you know, other than Lamar Jackson, I, I, I would suppose. But, you know, you're going to, you're going to get a lot more standing in the pocket and throwing the football. And which, you know, that's part of the mention for Darnell Mooney here. Um, this could be a much more proficient passing game. Um, certainly not going to be as dynamic. I'm not here to tell you that Tyson Badgen is a better quarterback than Justin Fields in any way. Even the passing, I would still take Justin Fields as a passer, but just the amount of volume that you're going to get in that passing game could be very, very helpful uh, in terms of scoring fantasy points. But beyond that, man, I think it's, uh, to me, I think it's got to be Devin Singletary. Uh, really needs to be the priority. Craig Reynolds is going to be close. You're probably without Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs for another, at least another week. But just the way Devin Singletary, and the nice thing with Singletary is you probably won't have to spend quite as much since he's on a bye this week, but he has effectively taken over that starting job. And of all the names that we've got here, particularly at running back, that's the one that I trust the most to mm -hmm. actually hold the role that he's got and continue to build on it. 
Uh, the one other guy that I'm gonna that I'm gonna prioritize, though, a little bit sneaky, is Taysom Hill, who's now catching passes. Apparently, like he uh, he had something like five six receptions this week, something like that. So yeah. um, all of a sudden, like there, Jawan Johnson hadn't been doing anything, you know, all that special for them in the passing game, and then and now he's been out with injury for the last couple of weeks. So they've really kind of turned to Taysom Hill and he's he's taken on that role i like those if you're looking for upside i think michael wilson is a decent stash i'm loath mm-hmm. to roster wide receivers that i'm not going to start but he's somebody that he could surprise us on the back stretch of this season and so he's one of the priorities that i wanted to highlight as well yeah if you do need a spot start Craig Reynolds, man. I mean, yep. <laughs> coaching that's... staff loves him and the path to volume is there. And that's really all we care about. Not to mention the offensive line is great. Yeah. For one week, that's your guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to say Jordan Mason. I just don't necessarily trust it that he is the lead back with Christian McCaffrey out, which is going to bring us to next week, this week. Let's start at quarterback, though. Malik Willis took over for Ryan Tannehill when he went out with the injury. Man, we were talking about this in the offseason. Everybody was convinced Will Levis was brought in to be the replacement to Ryan Tannehill. I, Malik Willis has been the better quarterback every step of the way. Like To me, there was just kind of no doubt. Will Levis is here to maybe push Malik Willis, but the guy that ultimately takes over that job should be Malik Willis. Or Mr. Outside Hire would be even better. Uh, Bailey Zappi, uh, like, what else can we say? Mac Jones is getting worse. He's getting worse at this point. Like, it's it was already bad. It's just getting worse. It's just a matter of time. Bill Belichick can keep acting like Mac Jones is the answer and that he can win with anybody, including Mac Jones. But at some point, you've got to start putting points on the board. And that's Bailey Zappi. And then Kyler Murray. Uh, we talk about him just about every week at the what at the quarterback position coming back sometime. And uh there very well could be a role available to him as Josh Dobbs comes back down to earth just a little bit. Running backs, Darrington Evans who right now I would imagine – so I think you get Roshan Johnson back. Um, so we're not looking for a spot start necessarily from that Chicago backfield. But uh, the the idea was that Don, uh, Donta Foreman was going to be the lead back, and it really kind of ended up being a pretty even split. They seem to trust Darrington Evans quite a bit more in uh, passing downs, um, you know, uh, longer yardage uh like he's he he already has a little bit more trust just because of his experience in that offense but he also just kind of brings more juice than Dante Foreman so i i kind of think that he elevates to number 2 uh immediately behind Roshan Johnson and then Elijah Mitchell so again Jordan Mason ended up with the the workload once Christian McCaffrey went out. Elijah Mitchell, though, I, like we've we've seen that talent, we've seen the way they're they've been fully willing to turn over the entire offense to him in the past. It feels like 
it, it feels a little bit like smoke and mirrors with Jordan Mason getting a larger workload than Elijah Mitchell. Like maybe Elijah Mitchell, not fully healthy, um, not ready to, to take on a major workload, but now that it's a, mis- a necessity, I think you're going to see a lot more Elijah Mitchell. Chris Rodriguez got more opportunities than uh, Antonio Gibson. So if Brian Robinson were to go down, I kind of think Chris Rodriguez takes over the starting job and Antonio Gibson's job looks about the same as it always has. Zach Evans, Kyron Williams is injured. Ronnie Rivers is injured. Cam Akers has been outcast to Minnesota. You're kind of out of options. It's Zach Evans or it's Royce Freeman. And we've been talking about Zach Evans for a while as one of the better running one of the better pure runners and one of the better receiving running backs out of the backfield in this rookie class. Cordero Patterson gets a running back designation, but he's really kind of settling in as a wide receiver and is one of the top three options in the passing game for the Atlanta Falcons. And then Sean Tucker for Tampa Bay, that, that running game is 32nd in the league. And just Rashad White is just not getting it done. Like at some point you've got to mix it up. I think Sean Tucker is the guy that gives them a, a spark in the running game and a spark across the entire offense. Wide receiver Juwan Jennings with Debo Samuel uh, nursing an injury. Um, he ended up with uh, Jennings got four targets, which was second most on the team once uh, Debo went out. Uh, behind only Brandon Ayuk and tight ends Colby Parkinson seems to be taking over the lead role in Seattle Uh, ran the most routes got the most targets among all their their many many tight ends maybe somebody actually consolidates it for once and if it is if it happens it's Colby Parkinson Jelani Woods coming back from injury sometime (laughs) eventually (laughs) Uh, and coming back to an offense led by Gardner Minshew, who's a lot more of a pocket passer than what we originally expected uh, from with Anthony Richardson. Richardson's out for the season. We know that now. And it, there's going to be a lot more opportunities in this passing game. It's going to mean a lot for Michael Pittman. It's going to be mean a lot for Josh Downs. And I think that Jelani Woods is the guy who, again, consolidates the tight end position. And then finally, Tyler Conklin, 13th in routes run, uh, what 2.33 yards per route run, like <laughs> very quietly putting up, you know, borderline tight end one numbers on a pretty consistent basis. So uh, if he, for some reason, is still out on waivers and seems like uh, he's he's very low roster ship at this point, so some very good options at tight end. Um, Like I said, Taysom Hill is a great option that people are going to actually chase, but it makes it easier to miss on him, bid a little bit low and miss on him, knowing that you've got these three options uh, to chase as a consolation prize. Yeah, if you're lost in the woods at tight end, there are pretty good options here, better options than I would have expected at the beginning of the year. But this is the time of year for running backs. And when we name off these next week, this week players, 
it looks a lot like my bench in most of my leagues. Um, the player that I am most excited about is Chris Rodriguez. I see him as a potential uh, boon player and somebody that mostly is ignored in dynasty and redraft. So he's a $0 bid kind of a guy that could ascend to some meaningful workload. I've always believed in Elijah Mitchell, and I think the 49ers do too. He's the reason that Raheem Mostert isn't in San Francisco right now. And so, yes, we're we're considering the, inner, the injury and the health of Elijah Mitchell, but he is a talented runner. At one point, a year and a half ago, he was worth something near a first-round pick in Dynasty. So don't sleep yep. on, on Elijah Mitchell. Um, but let's move to some drops. We've still got a lot to get through today, and I want to make sure we give it the time it deserves. Um, speaking of the solo pod that you did uh, last week, John, I want to drop Mac Jones. I want to yep. take your advice drop and just like move a deuce. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the proof is in the pudding, right? The last three weeks, he's scored 12 points. Not points per game. He scored 12 total points. He's been outscored the past three weeks by Mo Ali Cox, by Alec Pierce, and Adam Troutman. <laughs> That's He's ridiculous. not helping your super flex position. He's not helping you. He is a disaster right now. <laughs> Maybe he rebounds, but not on my roster. That's pretty crazy when you can bench any quarterback for Alec Pierce. Yeah. And like expect to get a greater output. That's that's just not even okay. Uh, I'm dropping Cam Akers at this point. He got nine snaps, one target, and two carries. He's just not involved. And the problem is he's probably still the handcuff to Alexander Madison, but that's just absolutely meaningless at this point. And even if that came to fruition, even if you were to lose Alexander Madison for any amount of time, I still think you're going to see more Ty Chandler than Cam Akers. They just, they're just not impressed. And they really didn't commit a whole lot to him anyway. So it's not like this, John. Would you drop Cam Akers for Elijah Mitchell? Yep. Gladly. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I certainly more upside at the very least. So, um, but, and even if Jordan Mason really is the number one, with Christian McCaffrey injured, I still think you probably get more than nine snaps out of Elijah Mitchell, you know, and three opportunities. So, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I need to apologize now because I'm going to end up hammering on the Minnesota Vikings quite a bit. This part's deserved, though. I'm half, I'm certainly fading and I'm very tempted to drop all of my Vikings right now. Why is that? They started that. <laughs> All right, so this is also a Texas Rangers thing, apparently. They started the trend, but now the Minnesota Vikings are doing it as well. They listened to hire by Creed to pump them up before the game in order to go out and some find a way to beat the Chicago Bears with Justin Fields going out with a dislocated thumb. That's what it took. Listening to Scott Stapp somehow gave them whatever energy, whatever motivation they needed to beat a Justin Fields-less Chicago Bears who have not won a freaking game. Like, it, 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 but I also just, I'm not a fan of this whole fad of making, turning that song, the, this, the Creed song into some 
kind of cult classic. It's just, it, it was never that. It was never meant to be that. It's still terrible. Don't try and make it a thing, please. It's, I'm, I'm not one to music shame, but it's the equivalent of starting Mac Jones in your super flex position. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, let's keep the train rolling down the, the negativity tracks, though. Who are you fading this week? <laughs> I'm also fading Zach Moss. Uh, we're just getting closer and closer to Jonathan Taylor taking over that job completely uh, after four weeks on IR. And, uh, you know, they gave him the big contract. It, it really is just a matter of time. You can say hot hand approach. They also have a very difficult schedule coming up between, and we'll get into that a little bit later, in fact. But for the moment, uh, it just, just Jonathan Taylor alone, the fact that he's looming means that we're, we're kind of on borrowed time with Zach Moss. Yeah. And, I don't know if you saw the game this week, John, against the Jaguars, but with Gardner Minshew under center, everything was short. And not mm. only was everything short, but there was something like 25 or 30% target share to the running backs. I think that eventually gets consolidated to Jonathan Taylor. I could see him in line for a Jacksonville Jaguars Leonard Fournette type season where he gets like 70 catches and the volume isn't great volume in the passing game, but you know what? In a PPR league, that's one and a half points for every five yard catch. Yeah, exactly. So there's a, there's a free player uh, to consider buying, by the way, we weren't actually going to mention him, but yeah. bring him up real quick. But before we get to our actual buys, I'm going to let you talk about who you're going to fade. Yeah, the wide receiver won over the last three weeks. I, I feel like I've created a trend of just shitting Adam on <laughs> players that are doing well. No, not Adam Thielen. <laughs> he not. may actually be the wide receiver one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about DJ Moore. Um, I love the player. I think he's an awesome wide receiver. But what he was doing with Justin Fields was probably overcooked a little bit, probably unsustainable. And guess what? Justin Fields can't grip a football anymore. So you're telling me that he's going to maintain this status with Tyler Badgett? Like If he does, you know, we've got a, a David Blau, Kenny Galladay situation where magic is made, but I'm not going to bet on it. I'm going to get out right now while I still can and move laterally into a different wide receiver. It feels like a no-brainer move to me. So move to Adam Thielen is what you're saying. Exactly. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I'm with you. I mean, just kind of, like I said, I, I do think that there's more volume to be had yeah. um, coming with with Tyson Badgen. It's just, what's the quality of that going to be? Probability says, you know, this is going to, this entire offense is going to suffer by not having Justin Fields. Even if Tyson Badgen actually is a better passer, it's still just worse for the entire offense to not have Justin Fields and his rushing ability on the field. Yeah, we've just gotten so lucky with some of the late round or unheralded quarterbacks lately, the the Brock Purdy's of the world, that we almost forget how trash the backup quarterback position really is in the NFL. And I think we're about to see it. I like that too, man. So I think we're about to talk about that too. So let's mm -hmm. let's go through our our uh buys and some players that you can hold uh if you're contending right now. 
Yeah, I want to buy the best player in the NFL. Um, who doesn't? I want to buy Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. It's not that there is a buy low window. It's that possibly the fact that Patrick Mahomes is averaging just under 20 points per game on the season, you may be able to overpay to get Patrick Mahomes. Um, it's not likely. I wouldn't sell him to you, but yeah. I looked in the in the DLF trade finder, and guess what? There's some trades that were done. And so I just want to get your thoughts, John, on just a couple of these. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes or Matt Stafford, Bijan Robinson, and George Pickens. Yeah, they sold low, right? Yep. Pretty low on Pat Mahomes there. Let's um, do one or two more. Yeah. Um, Pat Mahomes or CJ Stroud, Nick Chubb, and a second rounder. Oh, huge overpay. Um, or un, under underpay for Pat Mahomes. <laughs> That's a huge uh Mahomes at a massive, massive discount. Yeah. Last one. Um, Deshaun Watson and Jalen Waddle or Patrick Mahomes. That one's close-ish, but man, like Watson just has not looked good. And mm -hmm. I'm kind of I'm I'm done with the idea that he's anywhere close to a lateral move within the elite tiers. I'm, I'm, I'm done with that idea. Yeah. Clear buys for me across the board. I've got two more buys though. Um, Mahomes teammate, Rashi Rice. We've brought him up a few times on the Superflex super show and I'm getting really encouraging signs. Although his route participation is still low his target share and yards per route run are extremely high. And if you just watch the dang games, he stands out. And none of the other wide receivers have really stood out to me all season long. Yeah. And so I am willing to shop around, uh, especially if I have Mahomes, to get the Rushy Rice stack. But the player that I'm most excited to buy right now is actually Darren Waller. He has hmm. trash at quarterback. But if you look at the underlying metrics over the past three weeks, he is doing essentially everything Travis Kelsey is. He's just not getting the football delivered in the same way. And to me, it's only a matter of time before the tight end who's running the most routes in the NFL with a 20% target share and is the first read 27% of the time before he has blow up games and really proves people right for investing in him this off season. I want to know what you think about Darren Waller. That's pretty interesting. I, I really don't want to trust Daniel Jones in any way, mm -hmm. uh, like to facilitate fantasy scoring for me, but yeah, I mean, that's, it, it seems to be the one piece of that offense that's working right now is, is getting the ball to Darren Waller. And you know what? There's a chance that you don't have to deal with Daniel Jones for at least a few more weeks. You might still get some more to Rod Taylor as Daniel Jones nurses that neck injury. So yeah, totally. I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. I like it. Uh, especially it's such a difficult position to navigate. That's a great way to just get it handled and call it a day. Super friends, super flex dude here to talk to you about Ticketmaster. More memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you a 360-degree preview of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And... 
If your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to represent your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. Jackson Smith and Ajigba I'm buying. Um, seeing his participation numbers increase significantly in terms of uh, snaps, routes run. Um, Average depth of target went way up this week. So they came back from the injury, had the bye week, and now they're really kind of working him back in. It's a nice schedule for the rest of the season for the Seattle Seahawks, but above all else, it's just about the participation of the best wide receiver out of this rookie class. And then Ty J Spears, who has just the best, uh, quite possibly the the best and easiest schedule uh, between the rest of the, the regular season and the fantasy playoffs of any player in fantasy football across any position. It's just a, it's a cake cake schedule for the Tennessee Titans and Ty J Spears seems we we've talked about this you know we're still seeing some Derrick Henry and some efficiency from Derrick Henry but we're seeing less and less of Derrick Henry we're seeing more of Ty J Spears and just the the dynamic uh, uh, offensive scheming that you're able to do with him on the field yeah Uh, and even if Derrick Henry has those, he had something like a 50 yard run and he had like a 20 yard touchdown run. In addition to that, even if he still is Derrick Henry in, you know, his 29 year old iteration, there's still room for Tajay Spears to carve out a role. He, he is not strictly a handcuff. He's somebody that you can start today. Yep, absolutely. So I'm selling Derrick Henry in fact, and again, he's got a he's he's got a very good schedule rest of the season in fantasy playoffs. I'm just I I I would use that as a talking point to sell him. You know, that's that's my hook right there. This is the best schedule possible for a running back the rest of the way, including the fantasy playoffs. And you're getting the guy who just ran for 94 yards and a touchdown. So it, you know, and totally ignore the fact that, yeah, he's being elbowed out by Ty J Spears at this point. Yeah. I I love that one. I actually bought Derrick Henry really cheap on a contender, but kind of regret it to be honest with you. It's not, it's not worth the squeeze for me. Um, My sell today is more of a confession. Um, I need to admit something to the super friends. I'm I'm tanking in two leagues. I've given up twice, despite telling y'all to <laughs> contend as long as possible. I have two orphans that are, it's, it's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen. And so I shed all of my running backs that I love. Craig Reynolds is not on that roster. Um, goodbye, Elijah Mitchell. Sorry, Derek Henry. Um, you're not, you're not joining this team. And I picked up something like 10 backup quarterbacks. And I'm willing to play the the lottery game at backup quarterback. And whenever there's an injury to, let's say, a Ryan Tannehill and Malik Willis has some sort of runway, um, we're not sure when Tannehill's getting off crutches, that's an opportunity for me to just 
get rid of Malik Willis. I got him for free off of waivers, and now's the time for me to sell him for a third or two package him, you know, with another wide receiver for an injured Mike Williams or some other iteration of, of that type of uh, a deal. And so I just want to talk to you, John, just briefly about this, what you do when you throw in the towel on, on some of your teams. Um, how do you roster construct different, differently? Do you ever roster something like, you know, 15 to 20 quarterbacks, most of them being backups? I do. It, yeah, it, it depends on the backup. And actually, for me, Malik Willis is the type of guy that I would hold on to. I would stash because there's not, you know, there's an opportunity for a starting job next year, mm. you know, kind of like a Desmond Ritter, or a Sam Howell from the same from the same class. So, uh, yeah, I'll hold on to guys like that. But the guys that, you know, Gardner Minshew is a very, very good one to to move off of um not really a backup anymore so he doesn't quite fit the the criteria but i mean that's not somebody who is likely to uh to help me when i'm rebuilt and ready to rock so yeah. um so yeah i'm i'm with you on this one it's it's get young it's find opportunities at quarterback and it really is just kind of focus on quarterback and uh, so, some you know young wide receivers with upside, um, same at tight end. It's a lot of that, but you still stay active at running back just so you have more trade ammo, you know. So, yeah, uh, this is where I, I decided not to. Is this league is sorted by potential points, right? And so, oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I've got I really strong that. quarterbacks as well. Like I've got Lamar and Mahomes and Watson and Lawrence. And so I know that Malik Willis is probably not going to boost my potential points by anything because he's not going to outscore any of those quarterbacks. Yeah. If I do have um, an Elijah Mitchell, let's say at the running back position, there's a chance he scores 15 to 20 points next week. I'm not sure it's it's even that bad of a bet. And so yeah. that's why I, I shifted my roster to be very quarterback heavy. Um, and and I, I'm trying to play the market a little differently. Yep. Shave as many points as you can within the rules of your league, essentially. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, rookie, if, if, if you've got a taxi squad, rookie running backs, great place to stash them. So they're not counting towards your potential points until you find a buyer. Um, it, and I've really kind of come around on this over the years, as far as, you know, stashing running backs, not just for the trade ammo. I still think it's a year to year proposition, but I also think that you can get a, you know, another two to three years out of, out of the Ty J Spears, you know, of the world and Devin a chain, um, Devin, man, Devin a chain there, there's a, there's a target for you. If you're going to rebuild, um, next year, this year rebuild, uh, I, I didn't actually write him down, but Devin A. Chain, I love that one. Just kind of talking through it. Uh, and then Jerry Judy, I kind of think he could be traded before the trade deadline, which uh, his his market value would certainly go up. I don't know that it necessarily does anything for his production, but I think you're going to walk right into a buy window if that were to happen. I like that. I wonder what your expectations are for Judy if he if he were to be traded to a decent situation. Do you still have hope for a wide receiver too? 
Yeah, I think he, yeah, I would say he has that upside. Definitely. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I, I cannot get a feel for what's going on there. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, maybe it's, it really is just kind of, this has always been a Russell Wilson thing. Not a whole lot of accuracy. Great, you know, great ability to extend the play, uh, you know, throw off platform, throw deep down the field. But, you know, with Jerry Judy's route running abilities, you're really kind of looking for somebody who's on time and on target. And that's not Russell Wilson. So maybe it's just situational here. Mm-hmm. You know, Cortland Sutton was always going to make the most sense for uh, for Russell Wilson because he's the jump ball winner. He's the YOLO ball guy. So um, he's the miracle catcher. But, you know, Judy, maybe it's just a bad fit and you get him and watch this thing take off. It's just, man, it's, it, it's a little hard to conceptualize at the moment because he is just, he's not been good. Yeah. It's been a tough road for, for the Judy believers. And I've never necessarily counted myself amongst them just because his value felt a little inflated to me, but I agree with you as a next year, this year, rebuilding target, this isn't a bad time to get in because if the situation changes, the production doesn't necessarily have to, we just have to get excited for the guy uh, to have a boost in trade value. Speaking of um, Anthony Richardson, it looks like he might be out for the year. Now Uh, we're recording Monday night. And I just saw a tweet from uh, Schefter saying that he's probably going to take that shoulder surgery option and is likely done for the year. Um, Mm -hmm we know rookie quarterbacks ascend in trade value in their second year. It happens almost across the board, regardless of situation. Why wouldn't Anthony Richardson ascend in value? Um, I I see him as a great buy low right now because the team that had him, they may be still in the thick of it. Right. And there are plenty of quarterbacks to trade away today um, for production. Now that Anthony Richardson will will be a piece that may be moved off of teams. If if managers are going to trade Justin Jefferson away, which I've seen in some of my leagues, they'll certainly trade Anthony Richardson away. Yeah. Um, another rebuilding target. This is not a trade chip. This is somebody that you plan on inserting into your lineup next year because um, everybody hates him. And that's yep. Deshaun Watson. <laughs> he's, he's shown me enough. I know he has a, a shoulder injury himself. He's shown me enough that I am still optimistic and encouraged that I have a QB one on my hands. Um, albeit one that doesn't have much trade value. Now's the time to get him. Um, everybody already hates him. And now with a bum shoulder, go get him now, pay a first, um, as long as it's not your own and you're tanking. You'll certainly get him cheap. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Um, him, Kyler Murray, you're going to get those guys pretty cheap. And Anthony Richardson is a great one. I think, you know, there's going to be a lot of talk about his, I mean, I've been talking about it basically all season. The guy is just constantly getting hurt. Yeah. I think that's going to scare a lot of dynasty managers off of this. But to me, this is, this is a, this is a, an overall very good thing in the development of Anthony Richardson as an NFL quarterback. It's his shoulder injury. You're not going to be able, you know, there's surgery coming in the recovery from that, of course. 
but you get to spend the rest of the calendar year essentially working on you know standing in the pocket and getting comfortable standing in the pocket mm-hmm. like if if i was them as soon as he's cleared to to you know not even throw a football but just stand on a football field man just make him stand in the the you know the hypothetical pocket with the pressure coming at him and make him actually feel you know how how much time he has and how much more time he has than he thinks start yeah. turning this guy into a pocket passer i think that's coming and i think that they've got a very long runway to do that all of a sudden and he's fantastic at avoiding sacks which that's a marker that carries from college into the pros almost without fail and it's one of the very few predictive uh features of a college quarterback into the nfl he does it i I was thinking through my head of the rolodex of quarterbacks that i would want to move off of my team if i were moving into a rebuild Mm -hmm. tua is the perfect player to trade away because you can get anthony richardson plus and mm. we've almost forgotten or put on blinders that we weren't sure he was going to start the season. There were rumors that his family and he had a conversation about whether or not football was for him. One more concussion and his value is absolutely gone again. Um, mm. So you've almost insulated that value into Anthony Richardson. And you've taken those points off of your uh, rebuilding squad because Tua is putting them up in bunches right now but it feels like a fragile asset to me. Yeah. I'm really, really curious about this. Once the, uh, once we get a few trades and the trade analyzer gets a little bit caught up on the news cycle, I'm really curious about Anthony Richardson versus Brock Purdy. Like how close that is in value. That's I have a, a feeling one. it's a lot closer than people want to admit. <laughs> totally. Which way do you lean though? Would What would you add to either side to get a deal done? If I'm rebuilding, give me Richardson, you know, I think, uh, I, I think Purdy is great for a contender. Uh, he's, he's kind of mastered that offense. They just, how long are they going to be able to keep this intact? You know, how long yeah. are they going to be able to give him the best offensive line, you know, weapons everywhere, complimentary weapons everywhere. <laughs> how long are they going to be able to keep this roster around Brock Purdy, which is really kind of what it's, he's playing great. Don't get me wrong, but how, it, there's, there is, I'm not going to call him a system quarterback, but there's a certain amount of it that is just, they built him the perfect situation and he's just capitalizing on it. They so. lost their left tackle though. CMC is injured. Debo is down. Yep. The system, you know, we'll it's, it's not as robust as we were meant to believe at the beginning of the year. So we're yep. going to see what Brock Purdy is, I think, in these next few weeks. I think he's a good quarterback. Um, I've been convinced, but we're going to find out. Yeah, I think he's good. I just don't think that he's long term. I don't think he's a fantasy producer that Anthony Richardson is. So but yeah, I, I, I think he's just fine. I think I don't think that he's a must sell. I just think if you can get somebody like Anthony Richardson with that type of upside, I think you do it. Yeah. Um, some lineup hacks for this week. So first of all, uh, let's let's pick on some defenses, and we're going to hit the Colts twice. Uh, starting at quarterback, the Colts get Cleveland this coming week, which could be Deshaun Watson, more likely P.J. Walker. 
Um, so probably doesn't do a lot of good for you in super flex leagues. Although with all these bye weeks and with some pretty significant injuries, maybe PJ Walker does factor for you. He's got the best possible matchup against the Colts this week. And then the following week in week eight, the Colts get Derek Carr. And if, if Derek Carr can't, if he can't throw against the Colts, He's just not an NFL quarterback, and I, you know what, I I could go either way on that one. Running back, the L.A. Chargers are awful at stopping running backs, and they get Isaiah Pacheco this week. They get Roshan Johnson the following week. Uh, so, you know, some flex-level guys who all of a sudden have some very good matchups that almost put them in. Uh, must start territory. The Minnesota Vikings cannot stop wide receivers. Uh, it doesn't matter how much creed they listen to. They cannot stop <laughs> wide receivers. <laughs> They're going to see Brandon Ayuk, possibly Debo Samuel if he's healthy, Juwan Jennings if Debo Samuel is not healthy. And the following week, they're getting Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, Romeo Dubs in that entire Green Bay Packers offense. And then the t- at the tight end position, back to the Colts. They can't stop tight ends. They can't stop quarterbacks. Uh, the tight ends, they're going to get David Njoku. And then we talked about Taysom Hill earlier. If he's still catching passes, he's going to be catching passes against the team that is the absolute worst at stopping him. So uh, some, some good matchups coming up at the tight end position. But uh, here's some players to avoid the next two weeks just based on the schedule. And again, Minnesota, man, San Francisco and then Green Bay. That's two of the of the five best uh, defenses in the league at stopping quarterbacks. Um, Kirk Cousins, if you can get him on the bench, I think you want to do it. Like, I think you're considering, I think you're considering guys like PJ Walker. You know, I think you're considering, uh, uh, who are uh, Tyson Badgett? You might be considering him over. I can't go that far. What about you, Baker Mayfield? Absolutely, I, I'm for sure starting Baker Mayfield over Kirk Cousins. Yeah, um, yeah. You don't have Justin Jefferson. You've got Jordan Addison lined up against uh, you know the, the and and uh, KJ Osborne running into the best, um, the best in the what sixth best, fifth best. Uh, uh, defensive secondary in the league like this is it's dicey man running backs back to zach moss and jonathan taylor uh, cleveland and new orleans back-to-back weeks so man that's uh, that's almost as bad as it gets uh jerry judy and Cortland sutton get green bay and then kansas city horrible, horrible matchups for wide receivers. Try and get those guys on the bench. I mean, I think you've already been looking for an escape route on that offense, but uh, <laughs> this this just reinforces that. And then tight end, um, let's, let's just hit the Minnesota Vikings in the mouth one last time before we move on to strategy talk. <laughs> TJ Hawkinson has uh, a very, very bad two-week stretch here against San Francisco and Green Bay, two of the best teams at stopping tight ends from scoring fantasy points. Who, man, those Vikings. 
just listened to Scott Stapp one time and I just can't stop beating you up. <laughs> it's amazing what happens when you lose a generational player like Jefferson, the entire offense. It just looks like Creed now, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. God, I don't, I don't want any part of this. No, thank you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, and it, Kirk Cousins has always kind of been the human embodiment of Creed music. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so it does fit. Like I'm not, I'm not denying that part. It makes total sense that Kirk Cousins would be a Creed fan, but it, I mean, it's, you're just, you're just messing with karma when you start trying to make that song, some type of rallying cry. Totally. Uh, what do what do you want to do? I I've okay. I've got a quick strategy thing for you. This is very surface level type stuff. We might have time for something else afterwards. Um, and this might be less strategy, more etiquette. Actually, okay. um, this is something that comes up several times throughout the year. Uh, if you pay enough attention on X, um, which I kind of don't anymore, so I haven't heard this in a while. I'm really just kind of curious where you stand. All right. So a friend of mine went into the Monday night game down, uh, up by less than a point with the Dallas Cowboys defense and uh, which we don't have the benefit of hindsight at this moment. No idea how that would have turned out. Um, and his opponent didn't have anybody left. So their score is locked in you know, other than a possible stat correction. My friend still has their defense and has a very, very small lead. What do you do there? Are you benching your defense? So this comes down to the rules, obviously. If I have to start a complete lineup, I will. It comes down to the scoring settings. How likely is that defense to get negative points? Um, I play in leagues where I can't get negative points and where the sixth seed is determined by the most points scored. Um, I also like trading away my first round picks. And so I like driving that pick down as far as I possibly can. And if it's based on potential points, you better bet that I'm going to play that defense. That mm -hmm. said, if I'm in a league where it's strictly head to head and we play for 14 weeks and I'm allowed to start or bench whoever I want, and I feel confident that a stat correction isn't going to hammer me uh, into the loss column. I don't care. I want to win the game. I want to <laughs> win that week and move on. I, I like bending rules as far as they can possibly go without breaking them. I think that that is part of the reason why I play fantasy is to look at the rules and to find ways to manipulate them to act uh, as they are not intended to act. I don't want to do it to ruin a league. But I want to know where the, the razor's edge is. And I think that this is a fairly benign version of that. Um, I've, I've done it in the past, and I haven't thought twice about it. I've, I've also done it and been ridiculed for it in the chat, in the public chat. Um, so I see both sides. But me personally, I want the win, no matter how I get it. If, if the bylaws say that you can do it, then go for it. What do you think? Uh, I think you might have some pretty bad juju. If like mm -hmm. very, very dark. Uh, <laughs> that's, 
again, we need to we need to talk with Dr. Caitlin Fang about superstition because uh, I am way too superstitious for that. I'm like I I even stand by the don't walk under a, a ladder thing. Don't open an umbrella indoors. Like this one is much bigger than that with much greater ramifications. So yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not messing with it, man. I get it. I really do. And I mean, Dallas is probably the best defense in fantasy, right? They have been, but they, so they lost Trayvon Diggs. They lost Vayton, uh, Leighton Van Der Esch. Yeah. yeah. So like it, the, it's that defense I think is headed for, um, a little bit of, uh, a, a, it's headed for some regression, I mm-hmm. would think. Although watching the Monday nighter, I mean, they're doing just fine against a very good Chargers offense. So um, it's possible that they hang in there. But man, it like you you see the injuries, you see the way, you know, the last couple of games have went for them. And then you see the Chargers coming in and, you know, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler coming back like it, it it's it's. I think that it's only natural, it's human nature to say, I am putting them on the bench and I'm not going to risk negative points. I just couldn't do it. I just, it scares me too much. Well, I think this is a perfect tease. Um, We've got some special episodes coming up, right? Mm -hmm. Dr. Dr. Caitlin Fang is going to be speaking with you about superstition, um, hopefully over the next week. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is going to be a great episode. Um, I'm certainly going to tune in. I'm also hoping to do an episode this week updating the Super Friends on my five elite quarterback strategy. I've, I've been executing it in one league, and I want to provide the Super Friends an update on how that's going uh, from a strategy standpoint. I'm going to pull down data from very similar leagues and get to know how that format is doing from a a points perspective and how my league is doing in comparison and how the market may be affected, how many trades have gone down versus previous years. And I hope that uh, the takeaways will be compelling. I've certainly got some thoughts and I want to see if the data backs that up. Um, So in the next week or two, I'm also going to be providing a bonus episode to the Super Friends just sort of where I'm at, because I've had a few DMs wondering how how that team is doing. Um, it's doing pretty well. It's it's a really boring league now, though, because all the quarterbacks are hoarded by some jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Malik Willis is available. <laughs> I sold PJ Walker and um, Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor in that league uh, for um, who did I sell? I got, um, who's the Miami running back who, Jeff Wilson. I just sold him for Jeff Wilson. <laughs> Both of them for Jeff Wilson? Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, just because like, I'm never going to start them. And that's how uh, dire it's gotten is both of those quarterbacks were started last week by my opponent. Yeah. I get it, man. It Yeah, that league in particular, it's it's kind of tough to to find some reasonable yeah. trades 
um, for a trade addicts league. <laughs> we're all so addicted to trades that we're like scared of it or something. <laughs> <laughs> we're on the come down, I guess. I don't know. What else? Do we need to talk any more strategy? We've got we've got probably about five more minutes if we wanted to get into anything. But is there yeah. anything particularly topical? I, I've noticed in my leagues, this is the perfect like three week window to sell backup running backs. And I'm just a kid in a candy store right now. This is my favorite time of year because this is the part of the season where my strategy, and I think our strategy works of all of the bye weeks, all of the injuries, all of the backfields starting to clarify with who's actually getting work, the Kyron Williams to Ronnie Rivers to, I mean, to Zach Evans now. Um, this is this is the part of the season that is my favorite um, because the 50th best running back matters. And I just, I wanted to take a moment to reflect on that and to really just enjoy it because this is why I was trading for, rostering, drafting in the fourth round, all of these backup running backs. This is this is where all of the work comes to fruition, where everyone else is scrambling. And I've got six starting running backs and only three spots to put them. It yep. feels good. It, it feels like the right things are happening if you've constructed your team right. And I just wanted to hear very briefly how that's working for you. If the flywheel is working both on a quarterback sense, but maybe even more on the running back side. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I've uh, I have one league where I was just kind of middle of the road this entire time. And now all of a sudden just massive, massive contender because all the running backs hit at the same time. And it makes it look like you're just, you just have your, you know, you you've got the magic touch. You've just got the, the Midas touch, just finding every, running back in and the reality is it's it's not that exactly it's just understanding what the running back position uh, is and does and knowing that at some point these guys are going to get on the field now it's kind of it's it's suboptimal to me the fact that i you know i'm i'm looking at a bunch of guys who suddenly are taking on starting roles um you know i like having Zach Evans and, you know, Roshan Johnson, um, you know, that Rico Dowdle, like those guys all at the same time. That's actually a little bit suboptimal because I'm looking, I need the next wave, you know, <laughs> and, and I need the roster space for the next wave. So that's the one possible pitfall for yeah. people to kind of watch out for. I've been going into Khalil Herbert's in those situations. That's a good I'll just, one. I'll push the clock back a few hours, a few weeks, um, because I'm assuming Khalil Herbert in four or five weeks, he'll be giving me 14 points a week. And, you know, three of those guys you just named will be hurt. Mm -hmm. So, yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the, that's the theme. The, the flywheel takes a lot of patience. QBX takes a lot of patience. Um, your, your iterations of both, it takes a lot of patience. You've I like I've gotten so many questions over the first few weeks of the season about God, I just keep losing. You know, I've got this roster construction. It seems right, but it, you know, I listen to the super show and and hear your next week, this week, guys, and I already have them rostered. Like this, I I don't get why I keep losing. 
And and the, the thing that they'll say is, you know, I'm scoring a ton of points. I'm scoring plenty of points. I just keep running into somebody who's, who outscores me. And it's just, uh, it, it, they're thinking about throwing it in into rebuild mode. And it's just kind of like, I mean, you're scoring points. You're set up for the middle and end of the season. Like, you know, it's the wrong time to bail on it. But it's, it's just, that's kind of the compulsion for a lot of people is to say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm one in three, I'm one in four and, you know, time to throw it into rebuild mode. And it's like, man, this is just about to take off. Like you've just been fueling up on rocket fuel and you're about to take off. Now's not the time to go rebuild. Oh yeah. If you're two or even three weeks out of this and your wins do not give up right now is the time when you're about to shine. If you've constructed your roster in this way, because like we said, there's six teams on by this week. You can't tell me that everybody has enough starting running backs this week. It's just not true. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I like I have a redraft league where I'm 0 and 5, 0 and mm-hmm. 6, 0 and, 0 and 6 now. Yeah, probably, I assume. Um, and so, you know, obviously, like if it was a dynasty league, I would rebuild it. You know, like at that point, it's pretty safe to say playoffs are a long shot, you know, uh, mm-hmm. even with potential points, victory points, whatever, um, still, you know, pretty unlikely that you get there. But in a redraft league where it's like, what am I rebuilding for? <laughs> you know, there's nothing to rebuild for other than next week. But just the nature of that position, the running back position in particular, uh, like I'm, I, I'm gonna miss the playoffs in that league. But just you know, by the by virtue of continuing to be active on waivers, I bet you anything that I finish that thing awfully strong, finish close to five hundred. Um, you know, probably knock some people out of the playoffs. Probably get to play spoiler a little bit. So, you know, there's it's. It, just, just you know, keeping up on waivers, and particularly at the running back position, and getting in a little bit early on these running backs before they hit, because they're going to hit at some point. You know, that's all it takes. Yeah, yeah. And if you've got a Cooper Cup and a Jonathan Taylor, as I know we both do, now is the time to look at a Justin Jefferson because you've got everything you need for right now. And if you can hold on to those two guys, Jonathan Taylor and Cooper cup, and you can add a Justin Jefferson for your playoff run, you have a juggernaut on your hands. So look to deal from your depth. Uh, Keep those, you know, super elite guys on your team. Uh, There, there are teams that have Jefferson that are struggling right now. I've seen it in my leagues where people are willing to deal him away for the, the right offer. If, if you're ready to rock now, don't forget, this is a long season and he'll be back, you know, four, six, eight weeks later. And when the playoffs hit, you want that 25 points in your wide receiver one slot alongside Cooper Cup. Yep. Man, that's such a, that's an, another sneaky um, way to just kind of prepare for the, for kind of looking around corners, essentially, mm-hmm. which very few people do that. People have a really hard time with that. 
And it's, that's why I talk about this all the time too, how it, you know, to me, having the best roster in the regular season is not going to be beneficial to you once you get to the playoffs because you haven't been tweaking it. You haven't been working on it. You know, you haven't been curating it. You're just kind of, you're just kind of like, well, I've got the guys who are scoring, scoring the more, the most points right now. And they're just going to continue to do that. And we know better. It doesn't yeah. work that way. Yeah. Ask Kyron Williams, ask Devin A. Chain. Like it doesn't, it doesn't happen that way. I got to be honest, John, the, the last 10 minutes have inspired me. I've been a, in a bit of a lull as a dynasty manager, as a fantasy player, um, because I've got teams that are doing really well. I've got a couple that are doing really poorly and it felt like autopilot. But after talking a little strategy with you, I want to go send out some offers now. Nice. Don't send me any though. <laughs> it never, it, it almost never works other than trading you and I trading draft picks. That's kind of the only, the only way we've been successful at it, but yeah, by all means, everybody else, it's a, it's a 12 team league and you've got other leagues. Like you've got plenty. Of <laughs> you don't have to try and trick me into something. Let's uh, let's wrap this one up for the week because all that's left is for you to go and execute those standard operating procedures. So as we wrap it up, ask you for a quick favor. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also subscribe to the DLF family of podcasts mega feed and get access to all the great podcasts from DLF. And then once you've subscribed to the Super Show, if you do us a huge favor and rate and review, it helps us to get out to more people include more people in the conversation and then from there we can really drill down to the topics that are the most useful to you our super friends get at us on twitter x he's at ff tommy b i'm at super flex dude this episode was dedicated in loving memory to james brancatulis thank you to dynastyleaguefootball.com for the platform thank you to heart and soul radio for the music and above all else thank you for listening and until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Yeah.